The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. We need music. We definitely need music. Maybe I could borrow liberally here. Do 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 do. Okay, that's all I can say without getting sued. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are live to the W2M network to tape with the kickoff regular season debut episode. Uh, apologies about the NFC preview. Schedules get in the way. We hope to have a written version of it for you guys up on the W2M net website soon. Uh, worst case scenario is we'll run through our picks one of these weeks here on the show and we'll figure things out from there. Moving forward, though, I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, we got the entire gang here tonight. The original co-host, Brandon Biscoving. Hey, hey, hey. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. As a legal disclaimer, Harry's intro is officially protected under fair use. <laughs> yes. Plus, it's not like we're making any money off of this anyway. This is true, because someone keeps dropping the ball about commercials, Sean. Sean. And the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. Good afternoon, all. I hate everyone, and um, especially the Big 12. <laughs> well, I mean, except for a certain team in the Big 12... Well, of course. I mean, the everybody Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. <laughs> Iowa State. Did, does Kansas even play football? Uh, Technically, the, yes. Theoretically, yes. In reality, no. They just lost to an FCS team this past weekend. They lost I'm, to Nick State. Oh, I mean, God. okay. Technically, they're an FBS team. In reality, they're Division Two <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm throwing this out there. If they ever scheduled Mount Union, the Purple Raiders would bitch slap the Jayhawks. <laughs> Either them or Wisconsin Whitewater. Mm-hmm. Those two would give, yeah. yeah. Or, was, or Wisconsin Oshkosh Bagosh. <laughs> just saying. All right. With that being said, it is time to get back to our normal format here for the kickoff. And we'll return to start the show the same way we started the show last year. This is Studs and Duds. Jason, your stud for the week, sir. That would be me, myself. Um, uh, just ask my wife, she'll tell you. I mean, <laughs> but of course, I mean, who, who is not going to know who my stud is? It's a quarterback out of West Virginia, Will Greer. I mean, he's my Heisman pick. He lit up a Tennessee defense that may be rebuilding. But, you know, that's determined. He threw for over 400 yards and proved why he is actually the best quarterback in college football. To be determined. Brandon, your stud. My stud for this week is Scotty Phillips, running back out of Ole Miss, went for 204 yards and two touchdowns in a win over Texas Tech. Yes, Texas Tech isn't the greatest team in uh, football, but, you know, still a good game for them and and a good win. 
they were supposed to be pretty good this year. Obviously, Ole Miss had other ideas about how that season opening contest was going mm-hmm. to go. Eric? Now, for those of you who remember back in the day, if you could stay up until, oh, midnight, 1 o'clock on a Saturday night, you got to see the awesomeness that was the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. And if you remember the June Jones era, specifically early on, you will remember a quarterback by the name of Nick Rolovich, who once threw eight touchdown passes in a game against BYU. Well, since June Jones left, the green and white out on the island has just not looked the same. It hasn't had that same high-powered offense. Who has come back to save the day? That very same Nick Rolovich. Hawaii 2-0, over 40 points a game. The run and shoot is back, tearing through the likes of Navy, and all is right with the world on that isolated little time zone. Well, let's not forget the fact, too, that not only are they 2-0, and they're 1-0 in the Mountain West, winning in Colorado Springs against Colorado State. Yeah, that, one was, a, that was a bit of a nail-biter, though. The Rams actually had the goal to come back like they were going to be somebody. But no, no. A 43-34 final score there, and then they hung 59 on Ken Niamatololo in Navy. Oh, that was just glorious. Silly Navy, they actually threw the ball in the fourth quarter. That's how bad it was. My stud for the week is Ohio State sophomore quarterback Dwayne Haskins Jr. A 73.3 completion percentage, which in and of itself is not bad, but here are the two numbers that get you. 313 yards passing, five touchdown passes the next coming of JT Barrett many called him he could just be the first Dwayne Haskins Jr. the Buckeyes the Buckeyes look loaded again go ahead Eric I was just about to say yeah this is the perfect time for Urban Meyer to miss they're actually doing something in semi-meaningful games And if you have a team, let's face it, Oregon State, good luck trying to do anything this year. But to hang 77 on them and have Haskins have that sort of a performance, that's what you need to still prove you're a top dog. And and you all uh, doubted my pick of them making the playoffs again. I don't think they're big tests. I still do. I still do as well. Not Because they got to go to Penn State. They have to play. They still have to play Michigan, and based on the way Michigan started their season, Harbaugh better light a fire up under those boys. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they draw Northwestern out of the western part of the uh, the Big Ten schedule this year as well. I'd have to check to make sure of that, but I think it's Northwestern they draw. And Northwestern's no joke themselves. They're going looking for a back-to-back 10-win season for the first time in franchise history. I still wonder why the hell all of a sudden now Northwestern thinks they're a football school. What is this, the 90s? <laughs> well, they've always well, been more of a football school than a basketball school. Not that they've ever been good at either, really. No, Northwestern's a journalism school. Well, Every yes, I know that, but I'm talking sports-wise. 
<laughs> I mean, half of ESPN went to Northwestern. Yeah. And the other half went to Syracuse. <laughs> or, or Ohio State. Bucky Cup, her shrink. Well, there's I'm the little, first one. I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> salty. I'm a little salty. Everybody gets one. Anywho. <laughs> All right, let's let's flip it and reverse it over to the dud side of things here. Jason, we start with you. The entire Florida State Seminole football team <laughs> came out and embarrassed themselves. Everybody said that the Seminoles are back. Yeah, they're back in Florida, <laughs> hoping to face an FCS team to rebound against. Because the good, they news, is got, they, the good news is, is that they do get that FCS team this week. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that they might not even win that game. Florida State played horrible. I mean, for all the hype coming into this season to fall as flat as they did against Virginia Tech, it, it really, it really pained me for everybody. I, I was going to, I was going to go out on a different direction, but I value mine and Eric's friendship, so I took Florida State instead. Oh uh, no, no, no worries. I, I, I got your back on that one, and. It would have been a happier moment, but A was against Virginia Tech, and B, I would still have no right to talk. <laughs> well, your game was closer than their game was. Yeah, in a technical, actual scoreboard sense. <laughs> you scored more than three points. That in and of itself is an accomplishment. Mm, I, yeah, it, it may not be Beamer Ball and Vautech anymore, but it sure looks that way on Monday night, didn't it? <laughs> I'll say. I mentioned that when uh, we were doing everything for the top 25. No Beamer, no problem. <laughs> Brandon Dud hit me. Now, tell me if this sounds familiar. Team with a ton of prestige that gets ranked at the beginning of the season every year, it seems, and then proceeds to lose their first game of the season. Who who does that who, describe? Who is Florida Miami? State? No, false. You're, 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 clo- you're, you're close, though, but, but false. They Here, I'll give you a huge hint. They have their own network with ESPN. Hook'em horns! Yep. Kinda. The Texas <laughs> Longhorns. They always Hook'em seem to... They, they always seem to be ranked at the beginning of the season, and then, what do you know, they lose their first game and drop out of the rankings. Once again, it's happened, and it happened to probably the second worst team in the Big Ten. Okay, they are not worse than Indiana or Illinois. Third. Maybe oh, fourth okay, fourth. Us. Fourth. Because the yeah, worst, we, in Rutgers. yeah, I was just gonna say we all know who the worst team in the Big Ten is, and that is the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Actually, last year statistically, it was the Illinois Fighting Illini. But your point remains: Illinois only won two games last year. Everybody else in the Big Ten won at least three. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. How do you get beaten by a goddamn turtle? <laughs> hey, now, turtles can be vicious animals sometimes. Yeah. Didn't you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze? Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm going to point out for the record that there were no Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatellas, or Raphaels on this Maryland team. 
I was talking about Razor. <laughs> he was a snapping turtle. Authors of Pink? Never mind. <laughs> Di- different broadcast, Brandon. We we have to discuss that later. Yeah, I uh, like I, I like I like that deep cut though. That's a nice deep cut. Eric, I know where you're going with this. We talked about it off air. I can't say that I blame you. Uh huh. Sunday night was a rough one, was it not? Oh, God, yes. A quarterback by any other name is just as inaccurate. (laughs) Rozier, Rozier, whatever the hell you call yourself, fine. What? We're stuck with you? (laughs) Two interceptions? You force your receivers to make circus catches? Brad Kaya, why the hell did you say bye, Felicia, when you did? You could have had another year. It would have been awesome. But you left us with him? Jalen, I get it. You're not going to be the guy in Alabama. Don't play any games. Keep your Move on south. You got an SEC guy with you. He knows the deal. We need you. I am openly begging and imploring because I can't take any more of this. Not now. Spe- <laughs> speaking of uh, quarterbacks that seem to uh, misinterpret jerseys, um, Harry, you ready for ready to see your team throw a ton of picks this, picks this year? Can we save that for a later segment, please? Don't <laughs> worry. We're gonna... Don't jump the gun, Bisco! I'm sorry. All I when I think of picks, that's all I can think of. Anywho, you know what I think of when I think of disappointing performances this year? Okay, no, I don't think of Wilford, even though I appreciate him attempting to make an appearance. Okay, so there's this team out on the there's this team out on the left coast. It's supposed to have a whole lot of hype behind it. There's this guy who was viewed as something of a collegiate genius when he was at Oregon, and then he went to the NFL, traded away most of the Eagles roster, and two years after he got S-canned, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. You guys know who I'm talking about. His name's Chip Kelly. Well, they bring him back to the college game because UCLA has a ton of money to throw at these things. And what does Chip Kelly proceed to do in his first game back in college? He loses to freaking Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay. I have to defend Chip Kelly slightly. Having Wilson Speet as your starter was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, ask the people up in West Michigan about that one. Exactly what I was about to say. I was like, wait a minute. He's their starting quarterback? That's a problem. The back injury was the best thing that could have happened because then you had the true freshman come in and uh, a little bit raw, but he could make some throws, and he was impressive. He's the kind of guy that should be leading a Chip Kelly offense. Well, apparently neither of them should be leading a Chip Kelly offense because 17 points isn't going to get it done against anybody in the Pac-12, let alone Cincinnati out of the American Athletic. They had it. They had a chance to win until they gave up that last touchdown, and then things went out the window. 26-17 Cincinnati. Welcome to the basement of the Pac-12, Chip Kelly. Get used to it. And that takes us into So That Happened. 
our weekly news breakdown. I don't want to discuss this. I really <laughs> don't feel need to discuss this. <laughs> the guy is everywhere, right? Not what you're thinking. That's a little bit later. Remember, we have a new segment for stuff like that. Let's talk Nike, gentlemen. Oh, God. And let's try to keep certain words in certain languages to ourselves in this conversation here. Okay. No promises. Jason, <laughs> you said you've had a chance to watch the commercial that Robert posted in the, in the Facebook chat. Yes, I the did. Com- the actual video is not about just Kaepernick himself. It's about the entirety of the spirit behind Kaepernick's ideas. That being said, as somebody who was completely washed out of the NFL and is now trying to claim discrimination, despite the fact that John Elway and the Broncos offered him a job this past offseason, what do you make of the whole Kaepernick-Nike situation here? Do you think that that's the reason Cap avoided the NFL? Because he knew he had this deal with Nike on the table? Well, after dig- doing some digging, uh, Kaepernick's been under a Nike contract, a multi-million dollar Nike contract, since 2014 um and as a famous wrestling promoter once said cash equals controversy controversy equals cash they released they released the print ad that got everybody talking everything was up in the air everybody was pissed off including myself and then the video releases and you get a the the everybody got worked including myself uh, i'm not a nike supporter i haven't been a nike supporter for a long time because i don't agree with their labor laws and how they treat people they pay athletes multi-million dollars and they've got little kids and women overseas making like 80 cents an hour to make the shoes that we're sell they're selling for 200 dollars. so on an ethical side, no, I don't support Nike. I didn't support them using Cap. Cap is a bum, in my opinion, because, like I said, I did a little digging. Found out he also had a nice little um, contract offered to him from the Baltimore Ravens until his girlfriend makes a Chingo Unchained reference talking about the owner and Ray Lewis the day before Cap is supposed to go sign the contract, conspiracy. He didn't. He was came out said he didn't want to play for Baltimore. So naturally, when she goes on her little Twitter, Twitter feed and everything, that they see it, they don't want nothing to do with him. He also self sabotaged himself for the entire state of Florida by going on record saying how he can't. He despises the Cuban community. And, you know, praised Castro and all this. And who let the dog out? But that's beside the point. The Baja boys are here. Um, (laughs) If we're going to make make that dated reference, we're going to do it correctly. Baja men, sir, continue. (laughs) No, they're boys. They had kids by now. It's a remix. Um, But... He also sabotaged it because I also found out the Jacks were looking at it, at him to bring him in and possibly move on from Blake Bortles at one point 
And then so was uh, before the Bucks took Winston. He was he was also uh, thought to come in, but his mouth kind of he didn't want to play in Florida. So uh, what's he do? Self sabotages. Okay. He talked about the Cuban community. He praises cash, which is a lot of brought a lot of heat from all the owners in Florida. But then he turns around and says, well, I can't get a job in the NFL. I'm getting blackballed and everything. Well, no, you're self-sabotaging because it's a lot easier to play the victim than it is to actually sign a one-year contract for a league minimum, prove that you're the quarterback everybody's claiming that you are, and earn a roster spot rather than wait for one to be given to you. Okay, I got to correct you. Correct one thing and offer an addendum in another. Okay. The situation in Jacksonville, believe it or not, that really wasn't a ready, set, go thing from Blake Bortles. I have some good sources inside that organization. Let's just say even without the protests, yes, Shad Khan said what he said about, oh, you know, bringing him in and blah, blah, blah. The real people that run the team in that front office, the best way that I can say this is he's not their type, if you know what I mean. Is it the same thing that got Mercedes Lewis taken out of town? Uh, secondarily, there's actually some different rather preventable primary reasons of why Lewis, Robinson, and Hearns are all gone. Extremely preventable. But, yes, those reasons do play a secondary part of it. What about your your addendum? Oh, about the Nike contract. He, as Nike has gone on and stated through their actions, they stick by athletes within any scandal or controversy. Jason's always been has correct like that. They did the same thing supporting Tiger with the cheating scandal. But with his contract, even though this ad was coming out, and more importantly, even though the video took several months to produce, people even close to Kaepernick did not know that Nike was going to renew his contract and actually give him a bump until with the 11th hour right before it was set because Puma was set to come in and sign him. Adidas wanted to come in and sign him because of all of this. They thought that he was some of the transcended sports. So what does Nike do? Not only use him for this ad and even for the print ad, they use Serena Williams fresh off the decision of the French Tennis Federation and was instituting the dress code for the French Open. But they give him, as a base salary, millions. Not the exact number yet to be disclosed, at least to me. Millions as a base and royalties on top of that. So I don't know necessarily if that was part of Nike's plan kind of throwing the whole thing between a work and a shoot, but if it is, well done by them. I'm just going to go and buy my Hanes. Simple as that. 
All right, I kind of want to touch on this here, and then we'll let Brandon give his thoughts as well, and then we'll move on because I don't want to spend an entire show debating this. I just want to get everybody's thoughts real quick here. Um, don't play the victim if you're not one. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend you're being blackballed by an organization when you've had opportunity after opportunity to prove that you could still go in said organization and have still decided to take alternative means to making a living. I am not knocking his protests. I completely believe in freedom of speech, freedom of expression. The First Amendment gives us the right to do what Colin Kaepernick did. So I'm not going to sit here and bash him for the decision that he made. I personally do not agree with it, but I'm not going to bash him because he has the right under our First Amendment to do what he did, just like I have the right under the First Amendment to disagree with what he did. That being said, though, you're playing the victim to the NFL fan base. You're playing a victim to the NFLPA, and it has come, come been confirmed recently that the case of Kaepernick and his, what was it, the libel, or what was the wording that they used for his collusion. lawsuit against the NFL? Collusion against the NFL will go to trial. That is complete and utter bullshit. Brandon? Yeah, I... I mean, I haven't paid attention to what he's been doing in terms of, uh, you know, on-the-field stuff, in terms of contracts or anything like that um, at all, really. But if that is the case, that teams did actually give him, uh, you know, opportunities to make the team and everything, then, yeah, then he loses a lot of credibility. Because then that means that basically what he's been saying is false. Um, So that is a big part of this. Um, What Jason said before, and he said it online in the group as well, um, it, it really is the case that, you know, Nike is using this because they know that, you know, controversy creates cash. And, you know, the... Yeah, they they may lose some people that that have bought Nike in the past, but at the same time, on the other end, they'll get a lot of people who may not necessarily buy Nike say, hey, I need to buy it to support Kaepernick now. Um, The one thing that um, may come back to bite Nike, and I only heard this from one person, and I didn't see it online at all, but did anyone see anything about Air Jordan? No. About, about Michael himself? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Okay. Nothing. Be- okay, so that might have just been a rumor that I heard from one person, that he was bailing out on Nike. No. I mean, I, but I can understand how Michael wouldn't want his brain associated with Kaepernick as well. Just well, because yeah. of... Just because of how divisive the Kaepernick brand is and how globally loved the Jordan brand is. Well, yeah, the Jordan brand, but this is also coming from a guy himself who it's long quoted that he said, even back in the day, Republicans buy sneakers too. So this is a guy, he is solely focused about his own brand and himself and has finally had to come around in support of this. And as a side thing, you had mentioned this, Harry, in chat about the stupidity of burning shoes and everything. 
Ford has come out and said that they're supporting all these NFL protests and things. So if anybody wants to burn a Ford Focus or a Ford Flex, <laughs> don't give it to me first. If you don't want it, I will take it. I will bear that burden for you. <laughs> I want to pose two questions. Um, one, I mean, Eric, I would, I would love to get Eric's take on it. Um, that being, I don't agree with what Kaepernick, how the, the means Kaepernick went about it. Everybody has griped that, well, he wanted the most eyes on him and that's why he done it and all that. So to Eric, if you wanted to get your point across, would you want to do it on a national stage just to be seen or am I mistaken that an NFL player has access to a press conference where he could be said and heard by a more captive audience. The problem Which with would you, the the problem with that, real quick before Eric does it, um, the problem with that is that seventy five percent of fans do not pay attention to press conferences. But even if they didn't pay attention, if you got a captive audience. How many times have you heard a soundbite go viral? I'll give you that. Somebody say, somebody say, a ca- you, you have a more captive audience, and you can get your point across better because you can answer the question, well, why are you doing this? You have a, a captive audience to get your point across, to get your message out there. I'm sure he has done that, though, and people have just no, ignored has. it. No, in that no he has point- never once. Yeah, and Jason, that actually leads into my take. You do that, first of all, originally the protest was him sitting down during the National Anthem, as I'm sure a lot of people remember. Then it came to a teammate who was a veteran who served. They had a discussion, and he brought up the idea of taking a knee as a sign of respect, and that's how this began. So I understand why he did that for an equally, if not more, captivative audience for the national anthem because you do have more eyes on you. However, Jason, I do agree. If you are going to do that, your next step better be to control the narrative. Otherwise, it will be controlled for you. Yes, Those press conferences aren't always aired. Yes, people, even when they do air them, a lot of people tune out. I agree. However, that's the moment to where you can get your quote. Your soundbite is you taking the knee. That was everything. Now you add to that soundbite give the explanation and follow through with this for more actions beyond that. So I think he did it in my mind, half right. You do it. Then you talk about why you did it. And Jason, you're right. He hasn't, he's let everybody else do that for him. And that's the one thing to where he's taking a hit in my eyes. And lastly, just general question. Who would you, I mean, this is going to sound really, really condescending coming from me. Uh, but, I mean, be it as it may. Uh, 
Um, where are all these big name athletes supporting him? I mean, the Odell Beckhams, you don't, the David Johnsons, the Cam Newtons, the Antonio Browns. Antonio Browns, one of the most outspoken individuals in the NFL. Um, it's it's the fact you don't see these people following his footsteps, and they're they've actually a lot of them. This and also, I don't know if um, it, it's it's weird that you're saying everybody's like, well, a lot of these players are across the NFL are supporting him. Yeah, they're middle of the road players. They're mm-hmm. not your high level players. Well, yeah. Why? Because, in my opinion, the high-level players know it could be career suicide for them. But yeah, it's well, a case of not. Well, hold on, let me let me go ahead and touch in on this one first, Brandon. It's a case of not wanting to damage their own personal brand. Uh, a lot of people take the opinion that you leave your personal beliefs at the door when you go to your workplace. Mm-hmm. And for these guys, that NFL field is their workplace. So mm-hmm. rather they agree or disagree with what Colin Kaepernick did originally and what other players have done since, they are not going to step into that line of fire because it is not something that immediately affects them on how they work. It is a conversation that they could have away from their workplace and not have it be a distraction during said work. Yeah, I think that uh, Harry actually made a good point. I was going to say that they should be because they'd be the ones that would be taking the least hit because, you know, what are the owners going to do? You know, they're going to get rid of their best player? Uh, No, they wouldn't. Um, But, yeah, it's more of a selfish thing for them on a brand level and on a, you know, endorsement and stuff like that, you know, most players don't want to ruffle any feathers because they know in a, uh, you know, outside of contracts in, in a in an endorsement level and in terms of all of the off-the-field stuff, it's career suicide. And even if it isn't career suicide, I'll give you a perfect example. Seattle, you had Michael Bennett. I mean, you had like guys like Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman. A lot of those guys are outspoken in that political sense and they have their voice and they make their ideas public which is good but at the same time to both harry and brandon's point look at when you have those voices when you're making it public that sometimes unintentionally sometimes intentionally becomes your primary focus and takes away from football It's like the old Vince Lombardi speech from way back in the early 60s. You'll be successful if we focus on three things. Your family, your religion, and the Green Bay Packers. That's it. You can have your beliefs in everything, but you've got to focus on the team. You've got to focus on doing your job. And you've got to focus on things that are at times more important than that. And then when you're not doing that and you have other opportunities, which you do, then you can put those out there. When you are an employee of the National Football League, the most important 180 minutes of your life in that given week is from 1 to 4 p.m., 4.30 to 7.30 p.m., 
or 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday, or from 8 o'clock till 11.30 p.m. on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's what you leave your personal... Or Thursday night. Yes. Well, yes. Well, Thursday nights now. You leave your personal beliefs at your door and go there to do a job. That's all that all right, let's go ahead and move on, and let's talk about another So That Happened situation that's come up as well here, and one that I think we have to touch on. Le'Veon Bell. I'll let Brandon start with this one, you're, because Brandon, the decision to draft him. You're, you're stealing my thunder here for Gay Together, by the way. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. Um, yeah... Should, should I just do it now? Should I just do my rant now, or should I save it for later? I mean, if you're going to go more specifically into the whole situation, I guess you can save it for later. Eric, your thoughts on the Le'Veon Bell situation in Pittsburgh? Uh, you're past the point of diminishing returns. You came in pretty much knowing this was your last season. I get that you're trying to save your legs and you don't want to get a whole bunch of touches to put wear and tear on the tires. I get that. But, dude, you put yourself in the shop window. You damn sure better advertise. You're not going to advertise sitting on the damn couch. Teams are not going to have faith in you and they aren't going to pay you that Todd Gurley money come next season. So, suck it up now, sign your deal, get a little bit of a pay cut because the Steelers have the right to not pay you for two weeks and they shouldn't exercise that roster exemption because, dude, even your old line is coming after you and these are people that say nothing. If you've got them calling you out, what makes you think they're going to block for you if and when you show up. Jason? Um, I'm not a Steelers supporter. I do, I think. But on the flip side, I, I do like Mike Tomlin as a coach. Um, he has a team to run. I fully support his decision by rolling with Connor. Uh, and telling basically, telling Le'Veon, when you feel like joining the team, you might see some time. But as I heard on Sirius earlier today, his Bell's agent isn't too optimistic about him joining the team for the first two weeks, guaranteed, possibly not joining until week six if the rumor is to be believed. And he doesn't want to get the wear and tear, like you guys said, on his legs. Well, I hate to tell you, you're running back. You get wear and tear on your legs. That's your job. Hello, McFly. I don't understand. You're an NFL running back. And actually, you're a damn good running back. Pains me to say. But this goes back to what we discussed earlier on the podcast. You have a job. You're getting paid for that job. Show up to work. Do your job. Because, like Eric said, 
you got your offensive line calling you out. They are the reason you fail to succeed. If you don't mm-hmm. believe me, ask the two 2017 New York Giants. Um, if they if you don't keep them happy, your season's going to suck. And these are guys and an organization that supported a rapist, allegedly a rapist. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with the allegedly due to the re- legal reasons. But they stood behind him. And now they won't stand behind you because you want to be a big baby and not show up for work. I, I, just, you know, I just don't see it. You know what this is going to lead to? And I'm making this prediction right here and right now. James Conner gets the start against Cleveland on Sunday. Mm-hmm. James Conner is made to look like an absolute superstar by that offensive line on Sunday because that offensive line is going to be out to prove that we don't need Le'Veon Bell. And the money that he's trying to hold up, hold the team up for would be better off given to the big boys up front protecting those backs in the first place. Conner has, Connor has a huge game, and Le'Veon Bell becomes irrelevant in Pittsburgh. And especially the further on Jason's rumor, you heard week six. I've heard potentially as late as week ten. I'll go one one better than that, Harry. I say offensive line makes him look like a superstar. Offensive line either get a really nice steak dinner, compliments of Connor, or or you know the customary nice little timepiece, mm-hmm. and. Within by week three, Le'Veon Bell is out of Pittsburgh, traded to a possibly a New York Jets team where he's going to realize I had it pretty good in the NFL. I kind of screwed myself. Yeah, I went from having a shot at a Super Bowl to having a shot at having my leg broken. Going from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick. All right, gentlemen, that is going to wrap up. So that happened just because we spent so long on the Kaepernick discussion. Not knocking it. Really good conversation about that. And we kept it professional as well, which I greatly appreciate. However, we do need to move on. So we move on to our debate segment. We call it buy or sell. Although, technically speaking, given the fact that it's the first week of the season, none of the questions are actually straight up buy or sell questions. They have caveats, we'll say. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right, Brandon, take your pick here. College football, the NFL, or the combination of the two? Let's do NFL. All right, so NFL, I subtitled it Surprises. We kind of talked about this a little bit when we did our prediction special. We'll talk about it a little bit more if we get around to posting the NFC prediction special. What NFL team do you feel will be the most surprising this season, be it to the good or to the bad? Hmm. I know I kind of sprung this one on you guys, so. Oh, I could have answered that quick. So could I. I, I think I, I'm going to have to go kind of a homer pick here and say the Giants. 
because everyone, you know, is looking at last year and thinking, oh, they may make some improvements, but not much. I think they could at least make a wild card this year. Eric, the question is yours. To the good or to the bad, what NFL team surprised people the most this year? I, I really have to agree with Brandon. I am going with the Giants, and I'm going to go one step further. If anybody's listened to the NFC East preview special for the uh, for football to the max, I'm going to sum it up in two words. Dark horse. Two more words. Playoff run. This is the, the division is set up. This team has made important changes at key places. Eli got one more for the road. <laughs> uh, first of all, real quick shout out to Sean and Eric, the job that they do with football to the max. Make sure you guys check that out here on the W2M Network show. Second, yes, the most important change that they made is not stepping in McAdoo-Doo anymore. <laughs> Check. Still, still disappointed we got robbed of that segment this year. Indeed. There are the, no- the hair that- shall return one day, Harry. Where are yeah. you not? Not soon enough. But let's go ahead and go over to Jason here. What NFL team surprises you the most, to the good or to the bad this year? Well, spoiler alert, uh, once the, um, the, the written word comes out, um, when everybody sees my predictions for the playoffs, and uh, actually I even included my Super Bowl prediction. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, the Chargers will surprise you at actually win the Super Bowl this year. Double double, huh? <laughs> what? He, he, he said what now? The Chargers will be your Super Bowl champions. So you're telling me that the curse of Stan Humphreys and that 94 team where... Over the decades, players started committing suicide. The fact that they're in a soccer stadium, all of that. Philip Rivers probably has another kid or two to make it a nice round 10. You're telling me that's just going to go out the window and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I am hearing you correctly when I say these things. Yes. Are you hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth? Don't yes. understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, uh, rush hour classic. <laughs> uh, hey, okay, let, let's 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 rewind here. Let's go back. Let's let's revisit some things. Okay. But let's let's go back and and talk about the one we know is Ginger Domus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> In the Super Bowl preview show, Ginger Damas predicted two players having key roles in the Philadelphia Eagles win. That being Nelson Aguilar, Corey Clement. Did that come to pass? Yes, it did. Just recently, 
what I, I made I made a call out just recently about something, and I'm I'm pretty sure Eric, you gave me props on. It. I can't recall what it was just yet. It was something over the weekend. Uh, but I will say this much: I think that the Chargers are probably the favorite to win that division. Absolutely. Absolutely. That being said, there is way too much firepower in the AFC this year for the Chargers it's, to make a legitimate run into the Super Bowl. I disagree about the amount of firepower in the AFC, but I do agree. The road to the, despite Le'Veon's intentions or lack thereof, the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC still goes through Pittsburgh or Foxborough. Oh, no, it's going through Pittsburgh. New England playing wild cards. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to go through the Chargers. Your Chargers will be the number. I, I guarantee your Chargers will have home field advantage throughout playoffs this year. No. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna need somebody to make me a sound clip of that so that way we can throw this back at him at the end of the season. Yeah, because I'm gonna make you a bet right here and right now. Steel Town's going to be the number one seed. I may I will be go as far enough as maybe, maybe the way that the divisions shake out, the Chargers get a first round bye. But no, they're not going to be the number one seed. Pittsburgh is, and New England's going to be the three. And the AFC East is too weak. The Patriots are going to feast on the mm-hmm. AFC East. They'll too. Yeah, they're uh, going to feast on the East, but they're not going to do much elsewhere. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All right, hold on, real quick. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's real. We'll, no, you know, we need we need a, we need the sound sound bite. San Diego Supercharger, San Diego but Supercharger. They're in L.A. now. That doesn't count. <laughs> hey, by God, I like the '70s Supercharger song, so you can kiss my ace. That was the '80s, and I liked it too. But that's not the point. Anywho, Any to go back to the topic that we're having for surprising teams here, we kind of talked about this when we did our AFC preview. I would not be surprised. I can't believe I'm about to utter these words after last year. 500 is a reasonable goal for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I think they'll win a few games this year, <laughs> that's for sure. <clears throat> the the, the... The victory fridges will be opened by the time we get to October. I think mm-hmm. they're going to get close to 500. I'm not giving them eight yet, but I can see them squeezing six or seven. My official prediction is six and ten, but eight and eight is within their grasp. Fully yeah, agree with that. I can give you that. All right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, Jason, heads or tails? Uh, I like getting heads. It's tails. It's tails. Eric, do you want college or do you want the combination question? I'll take the college question. The college question, I gave you the category of losers. Okay. What week one loser in college football do you feel is the most likely to be able to rebound and make a run towards the playoffs? Oh, personally, 
I'm saving out my whole rant for poor one for the homers. I'm honestly going to say Michigan because, yes, there were times that they did look like utter crap against Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame looks like a very good team. But I look at the end and the fact that they were nearly in a situation to complete the comeback and actually win. Yeah, it was a rough start. They fell on their asses in the first half. But they're in the best position for me to turn it around. Now, they're going to have to turn it around in a hurry, especially leading into the Big Ten. But I still think that there's something there. Will they be as competitive in the Big Ten as they have in the past couple of years? Maybe, if they can cut down on the fluky plays. But they're still right up there. Jason, the same question. What week one loser in college football would be most likely to rebound and make the playoff? I wouldn't have to go Miami. Uh, I think that they just kind of came out – with a little bit more confidence than what they should have been allotted. But I think I think that they getting getting punched square in the mouth uh, may have set them on the right course. Now with one loss they can actually play with a chip on their shoulder and without that overconfident swagger that they had last year and I think they make a legitimate run, and I would be very fearful to face off against my uh, pissed-off Miami team. Brandon, you get the same question. Um, I think it's pretty obvious who, which team, out of all the teams that have lost, has the best chance of making a run and still even having a chance at the playoffs, even though the Pac-12 gets severely underrated and thus they probably have zero chance of of making the quote-unquote playoffs uh at this point but the team that is going to rebound the best especially considering they're going to have the weight of the pac-12 behind them washington i'm actually going to agree with brandon my pick was washington as well a loss to what i feel will be a very good as a matter of fact if guys remember our our college football preview my predicted national champion auburn tigers i don't think it's going to hurt washington as much as people think it's going to hurt them losing a very close 21 to 16 decision to the auburn tigers i think the huskies can rebound and if they take care of business out in the pac-12 especially with stanford out there who's looking like they've reloaded with heisman trophy hopeful bryce love and USC, who has Clay Skelton running the show out there, and a rich and a freshman quarterback who is apparently lighting the world on fire, including putting up 43 against UNLV in their season opener, this could be a Washington team to, to deal with still going forward. But the thing is, especially with how the Pac-12 performed this opening week, they highlighted this. All the algorithms, all the statistics, and everything that the committee has looked at since their inception, they picked Washington-Auburn as the biggest playoff decider 
of the entire season. I actually see that stat. Yeah, and for good reason. Auburn's chances go way up because they can afford to slip up in the SEC. Washington not only has to take care of business, they've with a to have a shout. They've got to run the table. Mm-hmm. But I think that's possible in the I think that's possible in the Pac-12 though. It, possible, but again, everybody's looking at Bryce Love at Stanford. Did you see the performance from our Sega Whiteside? San Diego State bottled him up 29 yards on 12 carries. Whiteside, our, our Sega Whiteside went off for three touchdowns. That is dangerous to me. If Washington handle business in that game, then yes, they can definitely run the table because the rest of the Pac-12 North is very weak and the South, even with Arizona, you've really got much of nothing. But again, they slip up once with that weaker Pac-12, then unfortunately they're done. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Stanford beat Washington on a Thursday last year as well? I believe they did. Okay. Uh, Jason, you get the first crack at our final question. It is under the category of the combined question, and the topic that I gave you guys was coaches. Are you ready, Jason? Sure. The question is, either college or NFL, what coach is on the hottest seat right now? Ooh. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Thank you. I mean, that, I tried that is a... I tried to that, make them worthwhile. That is a real thought-provoking question. Oh, but I got to think about I'm, this one. I'm I ask, okay, if you have an answer, go ahead, because I was going to give my answer in order to give you some time. Yeah, go ahead, because I, I, I'm trying to narrow it down to two. Uh, Eric, your mm. team thought could rebound is my coach on the hot seat. It's Jim Harbaugh. I, and the I say that is because Harbaugh has done nothing but lose important road games since he's been at Michigan. Something along the line of, I believe a stat that I heard on college football final when I was watching it after the games on Saturday, is that Michigan has the longest losing streak in the battle of ranked teams when being on the road in college football currently, and that most, if not all of them, have happened under Harbaugh. He has to go to the horseshoe this year to play the Buckeyes, and they are 0-3 against Ohio State in Harbaugh's tenure. If Harbaugh has another season like Michigan did last year, finishing 8-5, Harbaugh is out of a job at the yeah. While, while I agree with that, I really think that after Brady Hoke, after Rich Rodriguez, when they realize that, yeah, you pull the trigger a little too soon, more so in Rodriguez's case than with Brady Hoke, I think that they have ideally their almost dream Schembechler-like scenario, and they're going to be more patient with him. If certain things do happen with Michigan State and Ohio State, especially, should he be on the hot seat? 
Absolutely. Would he be on the hot seat just about anywhere else? Absolutely. But Michigan, with everything swirling, I think they're just going to give him time. While I can agree with what you're saying, what, Brandon? Yeah. Wait. Jason goes first here. Okay. I went first in order to give him time to think of an answer. I'm going to make an unpopular pick. I'm going to Urban Meyer. I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily know that that's an unpopular pick, given what'll be his state of mind when he comes back. But go ahead. Reason being, off the field troubles that the society that we have became accustomed to uh, as of late, and the fact that I think if the first time, if they slip up one time, the whole state of Ohio is going to be asking for his head, and he might get ran out of town. As God much for- as I, th- I, as much as I think he's he's one of the top ten coaches of all time. I like Urban Meyer. I think. He is just going to be a casualty of circumstance. I'm going to state this for the record. They have to go to TCU next week. If Ryan Day and Ohio State lose that game, Urban Meyer's job is in serious jeopardy because he put them in a position where they lost that game. Because if Meyer is the coach of the team for that game, they don't lose to TCU. Brandon, who's your coach on the hottest seat? Jason makes a good point about Ohio State. And yes, Urban Meyer is definitely on the hot seat right now, and Ohio State has to do a lot. But at the current juncture, with the the way week one went, I definitely have to agree with you, Harry, and it is definitely Jim Harbaugh. Um, I I understand what Eric was saying with how Michigan may be giving him a little bit of time, a little bit more time, but with... It would be one thing if he came in and he said, okay, I'm going to rebuild this program and do the best I can, yada, yada, yada. But when he came in, he said... I'm going to bring this team to a national championship and do all this within five years and, and, and made some very grandiose predictions for himself. And he has failed to accomplish any of them. Yes, he had a great recruiting class his first year. But what has that recruiting class done since? What has that class done when they've actually been in college? Absolutely nothing. Um... If he doesn't start showing some real improvement in Michigan, yes, they may have a little bit of a longer leash than they have in, with coaches past for multiple reasons, but he ha- he definitely has to be considered on the hot seat moving forward this season. Eric, that takes us to you. You're the last one to answer this question. I'm honestly going to have to agree with Jason. And it brings up an interesting scenario. I don't necessarily know how likely it's going to be, 
But I'm going to throw this out there, and then I'm going to offer an explanation a little bit after the fact. That game at the Horseshoe, the big game, could this be a situation of the winner keeps his job? Loser goes home. It quite potentially could. And to Jason's point, the reason why Urban Meyer was only suspended three games is because he is a winner. He was a winner at Bowling Green. He was a winner at Utah, the original BCS buster. He was a winner at Florida. Now he's a winner at Ohio State. But even Paul Feinbaum said this best, and he's been spot on. He puts himself up on a pedestal. He has shown behind the scenes that he is a fraud. He's shown that he will do whatever, get whomever, and not give a damn, giving himself the best chance to win. When he comes back, that is all that he can do to save his job. As Jason said, they slip up once. Penn State, Michigan State, or even, God forbid, Michigan. Harbaugh finally gets that scalp. Then he won't be seen as a winner. Then all the weight of these accusations and even prior accusations and sanctions and all this and that that they dealt with even with coaches past for when he got here, that's going to add up and he's going to be out the door. So I honestly think with everything going on, that Ohio State Michigan game is going to be big and historic for a lot of reasons. I want to ask this question. I mean, especially with Harry, because it involves one of Harry's favorite teams. Does this scandal rival not, I mean, not the severity, but the impact of it rival the fallout of Penn State and tarnish the reputation of Urban Meyer as it did Joe Pa? As much as it pains me to say this, no, it does not. Because the scandal with Paterno, while not involving Paterno, directly involved children. Yeah, I'm this just one, saying the the fallout of it. I mean, the I tarnish the, the the tarnishing of the reputation. Both great coaches, but they're going to be remembered more for the scandal than the accolades. Uh, well, I would agree with that to an extent, but I think that the paternal blow is a stronger blow to his legacy because children are involved. Were involved. The, and not to mention, you also have the whole thing coming out about Courtney Smith about her being less than reputable with her intentions as well, even going on the record of st stating that she was going to take down Zach, her ex-husband, Zach Smith, and Urban Meyer with him. Well, they're all snake handling whores. You, you know, honestly, you know what this candle kind of reminds me of? Katie Vick. <laughs> he doesn't watch he doesn't watch wrestling. That reference is wasted on him. Yeah, no, but I figured I'd get you guys popped. But does anybody remember the whole big thing with Bobby Petrino and the infamous motorcycle ride and uh, 
everything that went on behind the scenes. Was it mm-hmm. Petrino or or was it Patino? No, Rick Patino with Louisville had the on-campus brothel. Yeah. I'm yeah, he he had the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, they're, they're they both happened right around the same time. That's why I was. Yeah, but I'm going all the way back to the whole Petrino cheating adultery scandal. That kind of fallout. Now his legacy is nothing compared to Urban Myers, but I think because of the incidences and because of the nature of the type of scandal. That's where I equate this to. Joe Pa, that whole thing at Penn State, Harry's right. That was on a whole nother plane. All right, we have to move on just because we still have three more topics to get to when we're already about an hour in. So let's go ahead and move one out, move on here. And normally this time last year is when we would climb aboard the lane train. However, its conductor has left the station, and I don't mean Lane Kiffin, I mean the original conductor of the train itself. Therefore, we have decided to retire that segment, and as Eric kind of referenced earlier, we have decided to create a new segment in its place. We call it Pour One Out for the Homers. This will be our weekly segment to discuss our favorite teams. I mean, that's basically going to be what fantasy football to the max is on a weekly basis anyways with the Giants. But this gives me and Eric a chance to talk about our favorite teams as well. We'll start with college. Brandon, I won't, you don't have to speak here just because I know you don't have a college team other than Seton Hall. And they're a basketball school, not a college football school. So, Jason, your thoughts on the West Virginia and Tennessee game? Um, Tennessee bit off more than they can chew. Will Greer shows why he's the best college football quarterback going in 2018. And Seals showed why he is a legit receiving threat for the Blitnikoff Award. Eric. Uh, Rozier. Rozier. Learn how to throw a damn football for once. All of the hype and talk. Oh, he's improved. Oh, here's a team of practice. Oh, it's going to be great this season. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to be that. Oh, no, it's going to be two damn interceptions and throwing balls 10 yards over people's head. Jalen, please, come on. Lead us to a title. Stick it in Saban's face if you want to. I will go into a helicopter midfield if you do that, if so requested. Yeah, I may catch a charge, but I got bill money. O-line, what the hell were you doing? The job is to block. Defense, what the hell? I was expecting to see the damn turnover chain. Oh, did you forget how to, you know, tackle or strip a football or, you know, catch an intercept? Oh, Jesus Christ. Ugh. It's, uh, look. If y'all don't just roll off three, four straight wins, I'm going to be done with you. I I can't go through another. It's been too long as is. All right. So for my poor one out here, uh, normally I take this opportunity to talk about Florida. Florida beat up an obviously outmanned Charleston Southern team. Not worth discussing. I instead want to take my time for the college one to talk about the Penn State-Appalachian State game. 
And the fact of the matter is, is that while Trace McSorley came up much when they needed him to, Appalachian State made that game a lot closer than they had any right to. And that scares me going into the Big Ten campaign this year because a lot of people were considering Penn State to be legitimate threats to Ohio State in order to win the Big Ten East this year. And if they play anywhere nearly as bad as they played against Appalachian State, the Buckeyes are going to run away with that conference. And the fact that it was on the fifth anniversary of the Michigan upset. I was just going to say, Appalachian State has a history of uh, beating up on Big Ten teams. Uh, on September 1st, no less. Mm-hmm. To September 1st, 2008, it was the 10th anniversary. Oh, yes, 10th. I thought it was 5th. My mistake. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it was, it was in the big house on September 1st, 2008. It was almost Unhappy Valley on September 1st, 2018. I was rooting for that so hard. Man, I will beat the brakes off you like LSU did. You watch your tone. Watch your tone. <laughs> uh, I, 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 was, I was giving updates in the chat, hoping for Harry to blow a gasket on me. I was with my girlfriend. I actually didn't get to watch the Penn State-Appalachian State game, and I'm kicking myself because BTN doesn't have it up on the on-demand, or at least the last check that I had, they didn't have it up on the on-demand. I want to go back and watch the full game. For the sake of professionalism, I'm just going to whiff right by on that joke. As you were. Let's move on to the NFL side of things, and we'll let Brandon go first with the Giants since he didn't have a college team to discuss. Hey, 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 Eric, ready for uh, a fun week? Yeah, you ready for Eli to throw a couple balls to Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, 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 uh, OBJ is going to uh, beat them for about 200 yards. Oh, just because you've got one guy. Yeah, at least it's not an hour park where you can actually have dogs pee in the end zone. <laughs> we don't need no celebrations to oh, happen. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You forget you have two Giants fans on here that's going <laughs> to ream your ass <laughs> come Sunday night when the Jags get beat, right? Or I, I Just, just let you know. Or I'm just two for one when the return of Saxonville comes up. And, uh, yeah, all of these uh, hopes and dreams. I mean, we'll let Saquon Barkley do his thing out of generosity and kindness. We'll concede that. We've got bigger fish to fry. Thank you very much. Like um, finding a receiver? <laughs> okay, that's funny. Yeah, even I have to concede that one. <laughs> Um, I will say this much as somebody who talked a bad amount of smack before the playoff game last year. Make your words soft and sweet just in case you have to eat them. Oh, I'm not saying that this isn't going to be a close game. but um, And I would not at all be surprised if the, if the Jaguars did end up winning this game. But especially considering it is in uh, New York, I, I think the Giants have a very good chance of winning this game. Only because you don't have to deal with the tropical storms and humidity. That yeah. actually helps us out, believe it or not. <laughs> well, it was, it was relatively cold when we went there, and it didn't help Buffalo any. <laughs> yeah, was. really. Well, that's because you had Nathan Peterman. Hey, you get to deal with him even more now. 
Don't. Oh, I'm about to. Don't worry. We're 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 getting there. I assure you. Um, first of all, we had Tyrod Taylor for most of that game until you illegally hit him in the fourth quarter. I don't know what you're talking about. It was a clean play to me. And then you, you tra- uh, and, and then you traded him. Uh, clean play to you. Fifteen yard personal foul to the referees. Just saying. Oh, the referees, they had to do that out of pity. <laughs> Buffalo hadn't been in the playoffs in the 21st century. You got to make them look good. <laughs> well, on the plus side, at least we didn't choke away a 10-point lead in the conference championship game. We had that going for us. Yeah, on the plus side, we got to the conference <laughs> championship game. <laughs> for, that, for the second time in your franchise's history, let's not get too full of ourselves, Eric. Wait a minute. I thought this was the third. Didn't we go back to that conference championship games in the 90s? Oh, yeah, when Mark Brunel had you guys actually somewhat relevant. <laughs> and we, yeah, we still lost to Drew Bledsoe. I still don't know how that happened. A former scored more points than you. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, that's how it happens. Yeah, but Jason, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk Nathan Peterman, shall we? Do I have, have fun? To? Yes, do yeah, we do. Do we want to? Okay, let me let me put it to you guys this way: the countdown to Josh Allen is on. No, the the better countdown is the countdown to his first interception. Uh, no, yeah, the fun. better countdown is the countdown to the first pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> starting. That's that's the one that Eric got me with in the group chat because he both <laughs> they announced that Peterman was the starter. I believe Eric's retort was, and with the first pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills flex. <laughs> that hit me right in the rough spot, Eric. I'm not gonna lie. To you. I, I I think but the I think the Bills just gave both the Browns and the Jets to run for their money for the most incompetently run organization in the NFL. Okay, but let's say on the off chance that Peterman doesn't suck. <laughs> um, I'll give that a 0.1% <laughs> chance of happening. <laughs> I almost we're we're not playing for just here. <laughs> all right. In all seriousness here, most of the folks in Boston most of the focus in Buffalo is obviously going to have to stay on LaShawn McCoy. Hopefully, this alleged domestic incident does not catch up to him, although alleged domestic incidents do catch up to people. Ask Sean about that. He'll tell you all about the Ezekiel Elliott thing. <laughs> and this situation where it's looking even more incriminating than the Ezekiel Elliott situation did. So if Shady doesn't end up with at least four to six out of this, I'll be shocked. Luckily... The former Jet, Chris Ivory, also a former Jacksonville Jaguar, looked very good in the preseason. So there'll be a fall-off if we lose Shady, but it's not going to be as great as originally anticipated. Calvin Benjamin, to me, is going to be the big news up in Buffalo this year. Can Calvin Benjamin adjust to the Buffalo offense, and can he and Nathan Peterman get on the same page? No. At least there's I, one former Jaguar I won't have to worry about getting a ring somewhere else. Warms my cockles a bit. I'm not going to say that the Bills are going to be a great team this year because they're obviously not. I'm not going to say that the Bills are going to be a good team this year because they won't. 
My official prediction, because one of my buddies posted a status of state your official team predictions here for the record. And I said Buffalo 6-10. and 10. And the reason I say that is because I think that Peterman will surprise some people. He won't be as bad as his debut showed, mostly because he can't possibly suck that terribly for the entire season. Sure he can. Want to know who he's going to surprise? He's going to surprise the opponent. He's going to surprise opposing team DBs, you know, with interceptions. They're going to be like, I thought I was a DB, not a receiver. Now, for fans out there, Peterman's already thrown five in a game. The NFL record is seven. Seven. Only two more. I'll take I the over. I hate all of you. I'm just going to stick for the record. I hate all of you. Well, don't have a crappy quarterback, and we won't have to give you help for it. Yeah. Geno Smith last year, Brandon. That was because of McAdoo. Yeah, that was beyond We We do not take any responsibility for his stupid decision to bench uh, Eli Manning and end the streak. I will take... I will take... And Eli Manning... I will take Nathan Peterman any day of the week over Geno Smith. I'll agree with that. Well, yeah, anyone agrees with that. If your quarterback doesn't get punched in the face, you're already doing better than Geno I, Smith. I mean, both of the last... It, it did kind of warm my heart when Rex Ryan signed IK and Pauly after he punched Geno, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I mean, Jets right are, the, the Jets are notorious for bad quarterbacks. I mean... Let's not forget Mark Mark Butt Fumble Sanchez. And besides, at least it could still be worse. I mean, didn't the Bills have EJ Manuel for a couple of years? Yeah, he's now he's now the backup in Oakland, which means that Raiders fans are really, really, really hoping Derek Carr doesn't get hurt. Actually, no, because another of your quarterbacks went to the Raiders. You got oh, yeah. A.J. McCarron. <laughs> yeah, we did trade them A.J. McCarron. Son of a bitch! Why didn't they trade A.J. McCarron over having uh, Peterman? Uh, well, McCarron got hurt in the preseason, oh, and I okay, think that played a part in it, minimalized time. But, um, you know what's especially going to suck for Buffalo? Guess where Buffalo starts the season? Oakland? In Baltimore. Oh, right. Oh, right. Thanks, Cincinnati. You done pissed them off. <laughs> this, this, this could get ugly. I'm not yeah, saying because Joe Flacco actually cares for once. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it will get ugly. I'm just saying it could. Yikes. <laughs> Although, in fairness, Baltimore's on the countdown to Lamar Jackson anyway. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Here. Again, Joe Flacco actually cares. This could be scary. <laughs> All right, and that officially wraps up the debut of Pour One Out for the Homers. I think that's going to be a fun segment going forward week to week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's especially move on next to- week. Well, yeah, once we have a result for the Giants in Jacksonville, let's move on to get it together, gentlemen. Eric, I start with you. You know, I I, I thought I could do enough hurricane bashing. 
Especially the fact that we had a tropical storm threaten our shores for a little while. But um, I, I, I'm really not done yet. The Jaguars, you're okay for now. But seriously, for the sake of the ACC, I'm actually telling the entire conference outside of maybe Virginia Tech and definitely Clemson, we're supposed to be better than this. We're finally relevant. Yet what do we do the first week of the season as a collective? Crap the bed. Immensely. You can't pour enough bleach on those sheets. You're out back setting them on fire. There's no hope. So for ACC football, for the love of God, get it together. All right, Brandon, you teased it earlier in the show. Pay it off. Yeah, you guys talked about him earlier, and I'll I'll have full disclosure. Part of this is uh, personal for me because I stupidly picked him in the number three overall pick in my big draft. <laughs> Shut up, Harry. But Sorry. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, get it together. Yes, I know you want to make the big bucks and you're you're annoyed that you, you're still under a franchise tag and all of this and, and Pittsburgh can pay you the bare minimum to keep you, yada, yada, yada. This is the last year they can do it to, do it to you. So go, do your work, show that you are a team player, show that you still can put up the top numbers, dominate the league this year, and boom, what do you know? You get paid the top dollars next year. Now, even if he does come back next or even if he does come back tomorrow or the next day and he does play at least somewhat in week 1, the bad taste in the in every NFL team's mouth is still going to be there for the remainder of the season and once free agency comes around they're going to say, most NFL teams, especially the competent ones, are going to say, you're a spoiled little brat. So you know what? We were going to pay you this much, but now we're just going to pay you this much. Only about half of, maybe 75% of what he would have gotten paid otherwise. So yeah, you just shot yourself in the foot, Le'Veon. Way to go. And one quick piece of advice, Le'Veon, when you do get back, before you even say a word, take your offensive line out, all, all of them, and pull a Jamarcus Russell and make it rain on them. Mm-hmm. Go, <laughs> go buy him a very expensive steak dinner. Or literally just make it rain on them. Buy, oh. buy yourself out of that situation. Yep. <laughs> You're going to have the money. <laughs> Jason? I'm going to go with John Gruden to get his head out of his ass. Quit trading away key key components to a what could have been a great Raiders team going forward. And next thing you know, uh, the Jags are going to be relieved to realize that they got Derek Carr in a one-sided trade. To, to be fair to him, I mean, if he hadn't traded Mac, I have a feeling that that would have been Le'Veon Bell 2.0 over on... That would have been the West Coast Le'Veon Bell situation. But, but the only problem with that is, with the Rams and how they handled Aaron Donald, 
They were in constant contact, contact, contact. They gave him faith, saying, we know you're one of the best on our team. We know you're one of the best in the league at your position. We are going to take care of you. Eventually, they did. Well, Gruden shot himself in the foot. He nor any of the staff or anybody even reached out to Khalil Mack. So I don't even think it's a Le'Veon Bell 2.0. The team did not even make the first move in trying to approach him. So what is he supposed to think? True. I'll give you that. So this should be fun. I have a very interesting choice for my get-it-together, gentlemen. Uh, Jason. I didn't do it. Who's your team again? College or pro? I'm West Virginia Mountaineers. Who's asked that they beat again on Saturday? Tennessee Volunteers. The only team in the SEC to lose this weekend. You're welcome. (laughs) Tennessee, you suck. F Rocky Top. Get it together. Well, I mean, it's Tennessee. That's another one of those Texas-type teams that is overhyped every year and then decides to crap the bed at the beginning of the season. I wonder how quickly I I could get a soundbite of that if Tennessee pulls off an upset and beats Florida. I need to investigate some things. Um, in case in case you're wondering, Eric, my favorite kind of bangle is a Bayou bangle. You know, followed closely, followed closely by my other animal choices of tiger, badger, and panther. <laughs> you know, next year. <laughs> I'm counting down the days already. Yeah, we we should probably mention that. I was talking to Eric about this on Facebook Messenger. I was watching the Alabama-Louisville game because, well, frankly, I had nothing else to do at that time, so I was watching Alabama-Louisville. And Chris Myers pointed out the fact that next year in the Camping World season opening game, it's Hurricanes-Gators. Hey. And it doesn't take much to get a two-color full-body paint job. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's okay. You can go watch your Hurricanes get their asses beat for the second year in a row on opening weekend. (laughs) You made a funny. I like funny. And that officially wraps up Get It Together. We now move into our show closer. Same as it was last year, although this time we're actually going to do standings because we have a full cast for the entire season. Are you serious? We start in college, where the rules for this year in Are You Serious are that it either has to be an unranked team beating a ranked team. Jason, you bite your tongue, sucker. Or a spread of at least seven points, be it cover or outright upset. Eric, you start us off. Now, as I said for my college one, there is a spread looking at all the lines and surprisingly the lack of games that are even on the board. Somewhat yeah, I was surprised by that too. I was a little thrown by that as well, the lack of games actually 
on the board for this week in Vegas. But go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay because of the ones that were there, I saw this and I'm like, oh, oh, this is 10, huh? On the road, huh? Mm. I'm, I'm not picking the flat out straight up upset, but given this team and given the fact that the favorite kind of under a bit of pressure, not so much from how this year started, but from how last year ended, this could actually be an interesting game. I think at home, the Gamecocks give Georgia a bit of a, a fight. Of a they fight. go down swinging. Georgia wins, but South Carolina keeps it close. I have them to cover. Between the hedges at williams Bryce, Interesting. I this you get certain ones that just speak to you because I'm like I got a feeling about this one. All right, Jason, break my heart. Do I really want to? No, I'm going to be. Yeah, actually, I am going to break your heart, but not <laughs> the way you think. Oh, I'm I know. I know where this is going because I thought about this one myself, actually. And and this is going to cause me to puke in my mouth a little bit when I, when I say this. Um, I mean, it was it was a it was a mere two years ago in in Happy Valley when um, I was thought to be lost, and a certain Panther team came to town and won a cat fight. Can I really? I don't know if I can actually say these words. Do you want me to say them for you? Eat shit pit. <laughs> there, we'll do it the West Virginia style. I have taken the Pit Panthers with a straight up win over the Nittany Lions. Oh, and you'll know how it feels, Harry. You'll know the pain and outright suffering. It the, is. The, the line I, on the game eight and a half in the favor of Penn State for anyone wondering. Penn State is also ranked. Pittsburgh is not. I got a nine and a half line. Um, but this is this is why I think it's going to be Penn State. I think Penn State's got all the talent in the world to smash Pitt. But I think it's going to be a trap game for Penn State. They're going to be hung up. Uh, questioning abilities from the scare of this week one potential upset and rivalry games are just sneaky on paper they look like give me's but once you get in between the chalk that's a whole different story and what better team that has nothing to lose to upset an in-state rival I'm taking the Pit Panthers. <laughs> oh God, Jason, it's okay. I got something to where I'll wash your everything down, make it easier. I, I got your back on this one. Yeah, Eric would know. Teasley's gonna have to throw up right now. So, Braden, it's your turn to pick for college. Eric would know about how Pitt uh, does upsets. 
Yeah, you're damn right against the ranked teams in the games in a certain stage. Um, no, Harry. Uh, but my college upset, uh, Michigan. The the other side of Michigan is gonna feel the pain this week. Uh, Arizona State is going to beat the is gonna beat Sparty. Ooh, I actually, I gave that one some thought, but I backed off of it. I like the balls on that, Bisco. Herm Edwards was looking kind of good out there. So, yeah, I, I like the potential. I like where your head is at. Um, Phrase that we don't usually use here on the kickoff, but it's time for some time for some time for some action. Maryland is coming off of a massive high beating Texas. They are 12-point favorites at Bowling Green. I'm not saying that Bowling Green wins this game, but they definitely cover that 12-point spread. Oh. Maryland has had their troubles with MAC teams in the past, namely an infamous upset to Northern Illinois. This well, that one's actually reasonable, <clears throat> very reasonable. <clears throat> I think them laying twelve is too many for this Maryland team that's going to have its head too full after knocking off Texas the way that they did last weekend. We move over to the national football. I can't finish this due to copyright. <laughs> so, League of Legends. <laughs> the national football. Lingerie. The, the national football legends football league. Absolutely. <laughs> you too, bullfudgers. Anywho. Uh, for our NFL predictions... We have done a little bit of adjusting for this season. In order for a game to be picked early in the season, the line has to be at least three points. As we get later into the season, that line number will adjust up just once we get an idea of what these teams are capable of. But since there were so few high number lines to start the season, we've adjusted the week one prediction level down to three points or more. Eric. Yeah, and, and there's a caveat, especially to this. We originally had the number set to five, but looking to some of these spreads, it's like, yeah, you can go balls out, but you're gonna wind up taking an L. So, mm -hmm. uh, no thanks. But for one in particular, I'm intrigued. Not quite confused, but curious. It's out in the Midwest. Oh, you're going to take my pick, you son of a bitch. This is why you better, I think you better I not take my pick. <laughs> it's in the Midwest. You've got two new quarterbacks for their respective teams. One kind of new-ish, one brand new. Yeah. He's taking my pick. Yeah, it, 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 hey, you're the one who let me go first. 
Yeah, I was thinking another Midwest game, especially with big news, but there was something I flat out did not trust in that one. There is something that I do trust in this one. While he's not Ben Roethlisberger, he has already surpassed Ed Rubber. Most consecutive wins, although, yeah, technically it's not. Well, yes, actually it is technically to start a career going back to his time. Jimmy G, Minnesota. I didn't 100% trust Kirk Cousins in Washington. I'm not 100% trusting him for the Vikings. I'm actually going to pick the Niners as a straight-up win in this one. I'm I was go looking at go. that one as well. I'm going to go ahead and go now since he stole my thunder. San Francisco goes into Minnesota in U.S. Bank Stadium and beats the Vikings. You suck, Watkins. You know that? It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, tech. No, you know, no. I'm going to be professional. This is the first week of the season. Those jokes are going to wait. Damn, why do you keep carrying me softball, Frauders? <laughs> I'm trying here. <laughs> Jason, does your NFL pick make you feel any better than your college football pick did? Hmm. Well, I could take the easy what everybody expects me to take, and that's the Giants over the Jags. That's a given. That's not going to surprise anybody but Eric. But my upset, my upset pick is also a Midwest team. It comes in Sunday night football. Oh, wow. They just made a, they just made a nice acquisition of a certain person named Khalil Mack. They have an addition of a really good wide receiver. How you doing, Alan Robinson? I'm going to take the Bears over the Packers. Mitch Trubisky. That was the reason <laughs> why I stayed away from this one. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust Trubisky versus Rodgers here. Sorry, no. Jason. The last time I checked, neither one on the field at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but last time I checked, you know... One of them actually started more than one season before coming into the NFL, and one of them is a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny it. it's a ballsy pick. We'll see how it works out for you. But I mean, also you got to look. Rodgers is coming off of a broken collarbone. He's getting up there in age. Trust me, I know. Once you hit a certain age, injuries don't heal as fast. The Chicago Bears have a new look to them. I kind of like their swagger they got. Allen Robinson, Gordon Howard, Trubisky, Trey Burton. Ah. Allen Robinson, that is a former Jaguar that I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years does win a ring and just... Shoves it up our ass. <laughs> that worries me. That Can might help something you're into, but we don't need to talk about that right now. I have to get up for work soon. <laughs> Family show. Anywho. <laughs> uh, Braden, you close this out for Are You Serious NFL? Uh, Jason didn't want to take the easy route, but not, so I guess I'll have to be the one to be the homer. And yeah, Giants over Jags. 
leave it to Brandon to pick the skinny number in the prediction segment. It, that, it, well, that's what I said, hey, the three of us are all going to pick spreads of six and a half. And then there was Brandon. Well, I I mean, if you want me to tell you my original pick, I certainly can. And 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 Harry would actually like it. I thought about Buffalo over Baltimore, and then I remembered Nathan Peterman was my starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's what made me second guess it too. You you yeah, want to know what my original pick was? The line is seven and a half. Do they mean seven and a half Peterman interceptions <laughs> by the third quarter, or actual point differential here? <laughs> that would actually be an interesting, um, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, prop bet. Yeah, what? prop bet. How many interceptions is Peterman gonna throw this week? But uh, my my original pick, I was taking the Browns over the Steelers. And I changed my mind. <laughs> That's actually a pretty trendy pick from what I'm seeing, especially with uh, that number only being three and a half, because I think it opened significantly higher than three and a half. I think it opened at like seven. It opened, yeah. I seen it open at seven and a half and dropped to three and a half after Bell being out today. Yeah, but I think the Sharps are really going to come in hard on that one, even with the Bell situation. So it wouldn't be surprising if that line changes a couple more times before Sunday morning. I expect it to go up again. Oh, yeah. I even even had the the urge to pick the Texans over the Patriots in Foxborough. I I was thinking Uh, about that one as well. mm Mm-hmm. To win, no. To cover six and a yes. half depends yeah. on which John Watson shows up. Mm-hmm. The one with two knees. <laughs> yeah. If he's completely healthy, then yeah, I could totally see them covering six and a half. If he's not fully recovered from the torn ACL, then there's no way that the uh, the Texans hang within a touchdown of the Patriots. Gentlemen, it's good to be back. Indeed. Oh, Somewhat. <laughs> Football counts. How I love thee. <laughs> and this this episode's going to be a lot of fun next week, too, when we get to look at the results of that Jacksonville Giants game. Exactly. <laughs> when the mayor of Saxonville begins his second term, I, I get to throw it in everybody's faces. So, yeah, times will be good. And, I mean, I mean you still have Blake Bortles and no receivers. <laughs> Looks, miracles happened before. Lightning can strike twice. We've got Coughlin. Interesting fact fact as well on this show is that Jacksonville will play Buffalo in the regular season later in the year as well. Ah. And we we actually can score more than 10 points this time. (laughs) But can Buffalo even score Three. That's going to be the question. Uh, it's it's going to be a oh, well, hopefully a healthy and unsuspended Shady McCoy at that point, and you don't want to put Shady. That's all I'm saying. Unless you're, unless you're Machine Gun Kelly. And on that pop culture reference, I believe we've officially come full circle on the two biggest topics on Facebook. 
between MGK and Eminem and Colin Kaepernick. Therefore, for Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, Brandon Biscoping, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been the return of the kickoff. Real football to the W2M Network. We'll be back at you guys once again next Wednesday. We'll update the RD Serious standings. We'll welcome in more segments, and it'll be a blast for everybody involved. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next Wednesday night with the next episode of The Kickoff here on the W2M Network, available online at w2mnet.com.